We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He is the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. And we have a win to talk about. For the first time since week two, the 49ers beat the Bears 33-22. to 22. And we're going to dive into what I believe was overall a pretty good performance by the 49ers. Let's get into it. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, Chris, it's really nice to sit down on a Sunday evening and not have to talk about the sky falling. Not only did the 49ers win, but my take is that this is the first win all year that has actually felt like a win. Yeah, I I would agree with that. My, My take from the game is, I don't know if this is reductive or not, but like, can let's see how they play against Arizona and LA the next two weeks to see how meaningful this game is. Right. Because looking at it, looking at it, you could say, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo got on track. The offense got on track. They outscored Chicago 24 to nine in the second half. Um, They had a bunch of big plays. Elijah Mitchell had a great day. Debo Samuel had another good day. Brandon Ayuk had a good day. And Kyle Shanahan had a lot of good things to say about Brandon Ayuk afterwards. But we're not going to know if this game actually means anything or if the Niners just beat a bad team that's more than likely going to fire its coach pretty soon um, in Matt Nagy and the Bears, right? So while I do think it is very encouraging, particularly for Jimmy Garoppolo and just the way he played and the way the offense played and just sort of the emotion that the team played with, and and I thought that was pretty evident on Elijah Mitchell's touchdown where basically the entire offense is pushing him over the Mm -hmm. goal line after it looked like he was stopped. Like that was, that was a very convincing win in terms of the way you look at the team and say, all right, these guys really, really needed this. Like this one meant a lot to them. Right. Right. And that's, that's why I think that's why I think it matters. Like regardless of like, obviously if they lose their next five, it doesn't matter. But what we know after week eight, is you just said it. There were so many times in this game. Well, A, they beat a, a, a bad team, which is not a thing. The Seahawks aren't very good, even with Russell Wilson at quarterback. That's a game the Niners should win, and they didn't. Uh, I don't care about the rain. They should have beat the Colts, and they didn't. Like, they went into a game they should win, and they, for the most part, handled Chicago. When there were When there were several times during that game where it's like, if they had just tapped out, you know, the, Joey Sly, they they score what they think is a game-tying touchdown, and Joey Sly misses the extra point, it would have been super easy to be like, well, just not our game, I guess, and 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 quit. Right. But they they didn't. And that, that, to me, the fact that they can play this game, like this group of players can put together a good game against another NFL team, 
that's at least an encouraging step. And we can talk about, you know, the Cardinals and Rams when, when we get there, but coming out of week eight, you'd rather have that performance than either losing or just squeaking by. Right. Absolutely. My, my point is like, I'm, I'm very interested to see now if we look back at this game as sort of the turning point, right? If we, if, if if a few weeks down the line or a month down the line, say the 49ers reel off five wins in a row, we say, yeah, remember that Chicago game? That was really when things came together. And I think, you know, one thing that's interesting about the season and, you know, as negative as, as we've been, or at least I've been, I think we've been, we've both been pretty negative about the 49ers during the four team, four game losing streak. Can I real quick? Can I pause you there? <laughs> sure. It's not being negative. No, it's assessing what's happening. All right. Hey, hey, can you be more positive? They lost four in a row. Right. All right. But what but my want? point here is that I think the re- one of the reasons for all the criticism is because we know what this team's capable of. Right. We know that this team was exactly. not living up to expectations. We know there were a lot of players who were underperforming. Um, we know that coming into the season when this team is clicking, it should be a a team that could contend for the NFC West crown. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, and that losing four straight games to teams that they should beat, particularly Indianapolis and and Seattle, and then losing in last minute fashion, um, you know, to green Bay is it's, it's not that standard. So that, that standard now, like it, they played up to that standard for in, in the second half of this bears game. Right. And yeah. it was still pretty perilous in the first, in the first half. Cause they were, mm-hmm. they went into halftime losing and they hadn't yeah. scored a touchdown. They only had nine points. They were down by four. Um, you had the stat that this was the first time since Kyle Shannon became head coach that they came back from a seven point deficit to win a game which is in the second half. Yeah. In the second half. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all encouraging from that point, from that standpoint. And, and now with Jimmy Garoppolo in particular, what I'm also curious to see is like, did, did Jimmy Garoppolo turn a corner or mm-hmm. did we just delay the inevitable, right? Like, sure. is it going to be okay? Jimmy Garoppolo turned a corner. He's going to play really well now. And, the 49ers do beat Arizona, you know, potentially without Kyler Murray. And do they play better against the Rams with Garoppolo quarterback? Or did this just sort of push the, like kick the can down the road a little bit for them? Like, all right, Jimmy played well, we'll give him another week. And then Jimmy has a stinker against the Cardinals. And then the Trey Lance discussion is completely rehashed all over again. Right. So I don't like, it's a very, it's a, it's a really good win, a, a much needed win for them. But it also it doesn't solve all their problems, right? Because the, the quarterback stuff is still existing in the background. Right. It's just not at the forefront right now because Jimmy Garoppolo did have a good game. And I think you and I both thought at some point during the first half of the season, Jimmy Garoppolo was going to play well. Like he's yeah. not always a bad player. He had just not been having a great year, but like we know he's capable of games like this. So that's that's kind of the whole rub, right? And that's why it's not like Garoppolo mania right now, because we've seen him do this before. But I, I, I said this during the game and you can nitpick, but the, the spirit of the of the point still stands. This to me was his best game since. I think. Um, the Saints game in 2019, and I think you could maybe argue week 17 against the Seahawks, but even week one against the lions it just didn't i didn't feel like he was as in control as he was today and i think he looked more comfortable he looked more decisive that deep throw to debo samuel to set up the field goal before the half was like the best deep ball he's ever thrown um i was trying Try and think of it like I can't. I can't no, think of a better I, one. Yeah, since since he's coming to the 49ers, that potentially. Like just I mean, it, there were there were those couple Rams plays um, at the end of 2019, the third and sixteens. But that that to, that wasn't that. This is a 50 yard shot down the field. Yeah, and it feels like he never connects on that throw, or he underthrows it. Like he did that in Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. Tried the shot to Samuel and underthrew it. It fluttered on him a little bit. Samuel went back and made a play. But it's like, okay, but his next throw, they spike it. His next throw, he misses a wide open Debo Samuel on an out. Right. And that's that's kind of the rub. It's like, okay, this was a good Garoppolo game, but 
is this what we're going to see now? Because this is about the time in 2019 that he really turned a corner and played really well in the second half. Now, I don't think the Niners are going to get an Emmanuel Sanders, but is Brandon Ayuk going to break out? And George Kittle is supposed to come back next week, according to, to Kyle Shanahan. So is that going to be kind of the injection of talent that Emmanuel Sanders was? It's just coming from players who are already on the roster. And we see a mirror of 2019. Or, like you said, and this is the big question is, do we go into, do we come out of week nine against the Cardinals going like, oh, all right. He was, he was bad again. Right. Right. That, and, that to me, I, like, we, I just, I have no idea. I'll, I'll buy either one. Right. And, and that's, that's the confounding thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That's why exactly. the 49ers drafted Trey Lance because they know Jimmy Garoppolo has these types of performances in him, but they also know that it's inconsistent. They also know he can make mistakes and th- throw himself out of games. And they also know that, uh, you know, the, the injuries are going to be an issue. So, you know, a game like this against a bad bears team shouldn't necessarily be a surprise. I guess it's somewhat surprising given the context of the last four weeks, but you know, to me, it doesn't change Like I don't view things completely different now that they want a game unless they, unless they can start stacking these wins together. Yeah, totally. It's not, I mean, if they had gone two and five, if if they had lost five straight games and lost this one, which seemed like a real possibility through half of this game, Mm-hmm. then the sky is the sky is properly falling. <laughs> yeah, the sky's the, the sky has fallen. The sky is on the ground now. Yeah, the, we're picking up the sky from the <laughs> because but it has he, fallen. But what they did in the second half was kind of what we expected them to do, I think, the entire game. You know, Khalil yeah. Herbert, the Bears running back, had 10 carries for six yards in the second half. They sacked Justin Fields three times. They got a turnover at the end of the game when when Fields tried a deep shot. Uh, another side point: no pass interference penalties. Hey, good job! Shout out to the to the Forty ers for not oh, doing that. There was a hold on Josh Norman that that gave the Bears a first down. But outside of that, no pass interference. It wasn't a. It it, it was the defense was was much better on that front, but like. It, I didn't think the defense played super well overall. They made some plays they, in the second half, but the Bears, I think, com- converted seven of their first nine third downs. Yeah, it was that was via penalty and stuff. But Nick Bosa it said it after the game, they great. needed the offense to bail them out. But that's the first time. So that that's, I guess, it like the Niners offense in the second half. It's complimentary football, right? That's a that's the kind of buzzword. And I thought they did that where the offense put the Bears in a position where they had to become a little more one-dimensional and they made it easier on the Niners defense where the Niners defense wasn't playing from behind the whole game. Right. Um, they, the, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that when the Niners started scoring and got into a rhythm offensively, the defense started coming away with stops. And <laughs> on that, on that note, the Justin Fields 22 yard touchdown run was unbelievable. The Niners defense did everything right on that play. They blew the play up. Yeah. It was supposed to be just like a little easy throw to the running back. They had that covered. They had fields running for his life. And he's one of probably two quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now that make that play. Like if Kyler did three. that. Lamar. Lamar makes that play. Lamar Jackson makes that play. You're right. So one of three. Does Josh Allen do it? Josh Allen might. I don't think it might no, look different. Think... Josh Allen might yeah. run somebody over while doing it. <laughs> but I mean, they did everything right on that play. And it's like. Right. You know, what's Mark Jackson say? Good defense, better offense. So I I really, the way, the way they played in the second half, if they kind of put that defensive performance together, you know, we talk about Garoppolo carrying it over. Can their defense carry that over now? Right. And that's going to be a key part of this as well. Yeah. And they might have to do it without Jimmy Ward for a minute. Yeah. Um, And I know Jimmy Ward isn't like the biggest name on the, in, on the Niners defense, but he's, they're starting free safety. Um. And he had, has a quad injury that Kyle Shanahan mentioned being pretty concerning after the game. So um, if that's bad, then, you know, because they were, they were already out Jaquaski tart Like, he's he's without Jaquaski tart He's going to be out for a little bit with his he's injury. And, and so you're going to be out. You're going to be down to backups at both safeties. In Talanoa, Hufanga, and Tavon Wilson, most likely. And then... And at one of your cornerback spots. 
Yeah, and you're probably having to dip down to the practice squad for for a safety. But um, yeah, it it was you know it it was encouraging from the defense. Nick Bosa had a couple sacks. He probably only really had one sack, but I thought. I mean, can we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown runs? Please. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. There's like a, a bunch of geese outside flying or ducks flying outside. Shout out right now. I have the window open. Um, maybe I should close it. But anyway, so Jimmy Garoppolo, there there was a screw up with the timing of his first touchdown run, and that was supposed to be a, a handoff to Debo Samuel. He was supposed to come in motion from. Um, out wide right, come back into the backfield and shotgun, take the snap from Jimmy Garoppolo and s- sweep around left tackle and go into the end zone. For whatever reason, the timing was screwed up and Garoppolo just took it, didn't hand it to Debo and took it himself. And and then he had a zone read run. And to me, like when I first when I first saw it, you know, that they, they mentioned after the game that it was a design play for Debo. When I first saw it, I was like, man, Kyle Shanahan's just trolling everybody. Because <laughs> like, oh yeah, for sure. We talk about we talk about Trey Lance and his mobility and and what he can give you in the red zone and short yardage with his legs and stuff. And I was like, okay, now Kyle Shanahan's running Jimmy Garoppolo just to make a point here. Um, so I thought I initially did thought... that second one. The second the one second was a one for sure. Zone read. The second one for sure. And the first one, I initially thought it was a messed up timing on what was supposed to be like an option play. Yeah. And I was like, he's running a speed option from the three. Like, get out of here with this guy. Right. But like it turns out that was not the case. Yeah. But no, it, it was a good game from Jimmy Garoppolo and and he looked healthy. I think that was a big different a big difference in this game compared to last week against the Colts because you rewatch that Colts game, a lot of his throws were just dying on the vine. Mm-hmm. You know, like guys, receivers were having to like dive to the ground just to catch him because those balls mm-hmm. weren't getting there. Um, but his throws against the bears were felt much stronger and like he had some drops there were you know three drops in the first half debo had two of them sanu had one of them um your guy yeah my guy we can talk about that in a sec coming up in pick six um but no i mean it's an encouraging win there's no other way to say it it's it's a bad bears team but to play the way they did and really take control of the game that's the first time the 49ers felt in complete control of the game maybe since week one and even that week one game almost got away from them but they they felt it felt like after they took the lead on garoppolo's first touchdown and then um it was like okay they they definitely should win this game now and then after they got elijah mitchell's push over the goal line it was like all right they this this feels much different right like this feels like it could potentially be a turning point and now that's that's what it has to be like for them to have a successful season this game has to be a turning point uh because if they go back to losing and being super inconsistent offensively and jimmy garoppolo making a bunch of mistakes and bad throws and mm-hmm. there being questions about trey lance then the niners are just going to be spinning their wheels again if he's going to play like he did sunday you would live with a turnover here and there. If he's being aggressive, throwing the ball down the field the way he did. Honestly, if if you're the 49ers, the most encouraging throw Garoppolo made was not even the the deep shot to, to Samuel, but it was the play where he had to roll out to his right and he directed traffic and found Ayuk down the field. A, because it was Ayuk, you know, following his quarterback and getting open, but B, it was Garoppolo throwing a laser on the run. Yeah, that's a good Which point. that looked like that's what he did in 2017 at the end of the year. Right. Like that's why he was so effective and what was so encouraging is when the play broke down, he was still able to go make plays. And we just really haven't seen that kind of since he tore his ACL. Yeah. So if that's going to continue and instead of standing in the pocket and taking a sack or fumbling or throwing a bad interception, if he's rolling out and directing traffic and turning you know, what was going to be a sack into a 20 yard completion. That is, that's obviously like a, a massive deal and something that, you know, when you talk about taking this into next week, it's like, that's the kind of thing you want to see him take into, take into week nine. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing is the 49ers actually had big plays in this game. Yeah. Right. Like they, 
the Kyle Shanahan's offense, and he's mentioned this a few different times, like the success of the offense is predicated on the ability to make explosive plays. And they had eight plays of at least 20 yards, including wow. three Elijah Mitchell's Elijah Mitchell runs over left end, uh, one for 39 and two for 27 yards. Man. The, like it, it just completely changes what the 49ers want to do. It sets up play action. And then, of course, you get the the 84-yard play to Debo Samuel that uh, that got down to the one-yard line that set up that third-quarter touchdown. It's it, you know, you, the one at the end of the half, they probably should have got a touchdown there, but at least they got they did get some points uh, with a field goal at the end of the second quarter there with a 50 yard pass to Debo. So like that really opens up everything else uh, for them. Just the ability to create explosive plays sets everything up because then you get lighter boxes, then you're able mm-hmm. to dictate matchups a little bit more. And I mean, they didn't even have George Kittle, right? Like that's that's. Right that's a really important thing to be able to get explosive plays without George Kittle and then getting back Kittle this week. Who's, you know, one of your big play guys like that. Then you could really start building a rhythm and, and, and doing this in the way that Kyle Shanahan envisioned, because this is not an offense. And and we've learned that over this four game losing streak that can, that can win consistently when they have to have, you know, 15 play drives, like right. they did week two in Philadelphia, like that's just not sustainable when that's the only way you can score. Right. So they need to open up the field. And some of that has to do with Brandon Ayuk. A lot of it has to do with Jimmy Garoppolo making plays off schedule, like you said. Um, and then I think it just, it, it gives the defense a lot more to think about because you can't just clog, the, you can't just clog the box and put a bunch of guys near the line of scrimmage and slow down the running game and say, all right, Jimmy can't throw over the top, so we'll dare you to throw over the top, and then the Niners don't do it because they don't have any confidence that Garoppolo can do it. But after yep. today, you do feel more confident that Garoppolo can do it. Elijah Mitchell, fourth quarter, nine carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. And I don't think it's a coincidence that their running game really got going. And I, I think Elijah Mitchell is like a star. I think he's a really, really excellent player in this system. And I called him Kirkland Brand Raheem Mostert. I don't mean that as an insult. Kirkland Brand is awesome. He's just not Raheem Mostert. But I think he offers a lot of the same things. And we saw it on Sunday. But I don't think it's a coincidence that their run game had this huge fourth quarter on a day where Jimmy Garoppolo was really, really good throwing the ball. Yeah. It when you can't when you can't make a team one dimensional or when you can't sit on one thing, and that and the 49ers executed too. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk had a really good game. Charlie Werner had a really good game as a blocker. And yeah. when they're doing that, when they're doing that and they're executing, like that's where, like when you talk about Kyle Shanahan being a genius and a good play designer and getting mismatches, when the team executes, it it very often works. Right. And we saw that for for a lot for a lot of Sunday's game. Yeah, totally agree. Those those combination blocks on the edges, yeah, where you have Charlie Warner, <laughs> you have Charlie Warner blocking somebody. And then Kyle Juszczyk just chucking him to the ground <laughs> while he's already being blocked. And then Juszczyk's able to get upfield and get somebody else. And then Warner's also able to get somebody else because that guy behind yeah. him is on the ground, right? Like they can they can make plays. They can make those plays longer because mm-hmm. of their ability to get to the second and third levels. Um, and yeah, that's that's about executing, right? That's about getting the right look against the right defense, winning those matchups and then being able to progress down the field in terms of, you know, the reaching different levels of your, of your blocking assignments. And that's one thing the 49ers weren't really able to do consistently. Now, exactly. Not having to go against Khalil Mack probably plays a pretty big role in that. Right. <laughs> and so next week, I know JJ Watts out, but you still have Chandler Jones, right? The Cardinals defense has been pretty good overall this yeah. season. So it's not, it's not going to get much easier um, than what it was against the bears, but in terms of just being able to go on the road, play with desperation, play with emotion, be a galvanized team that suddenly has a really good feeling about itself after all the adversity it just overcame in the form of a four game losing streak. And, you know, people saying Kyle Shanahan should be fired and, you know, people like me writing, he's completely mismanaging the quarterback situation. Like now they can get a good feeling going again. Right. And just mm-hmm. having a good feeling in the building is worth a lot. And that can totally. manifest itself into a little run here, particularly now if they're able to parlay it into a win over the Cardinals, because just given, I know it, it more than likely is going to, it would come without Kyler Murray if they do win that game. Mm-hmm. Murray's out, but like, 
that would is that be... confirmed he's out out they said uh one to three weeks on the ankle and so there's still a chance he plays but if, if kyler murray even if he plays up, though he might be hobbled right i mean kyler murray hasn't been one to play really well when he has been banged up right so the fact he's he if he does play coming off an ankle injury like that would be um favorable to the 49ers because he's not going to be able to scramble around as much don't look. Do you know who the Cardinals backup quarterback is? It's a guy with a bunch of tattoos. Oh, I forget nope. his name. Nope. No, it is not. It, it is a, a guy with a bunch of tattoos. It is a uh, my uh, um, former 49er 49ers legend. You might even say Andy Lee's a punter. Correct. Not the backup quarterback as <laughs> not well. The backup yeah. quarterback. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the Arizona Cardinals backup quarterback? Okay. I mean, the Niners should be able to beat Arizona if Colt McCoy's playing. If Colt McCoy's playing, the 49ers have to win. Yes. Honestly, if if Kyler Murray's playing at fifty percent, they have to win. And you talk about it, and we'll talk about this later this week. But you know, they win that game. They're four and four, and they've just knocked off Arizona going into a Monday night game against the Rams, who they always play tough. It gets it gets really interesting. And that that starts with with winning a game they had to have in in Chicago. One thing we have not mentioned, well, a couple of things. One, uh, Samson Abukam had his first sack as a 49er, a big play late in the game. And then the play we haven't mentioned is the Debo Samuel 83-yard screen on a third and 20. Yeah. When you talk about turning point games, that if if they do, you know, let's say go on to win a couple in a row and find themselves back really in the thick of the playoff chase. The Niners on that drive, so the Bears kicked the field goal to go up seven about halfway through the third quarter. The Niners come out on that drive and go Elijah Mitchell stuffed. Illegal block in the back on Kyle Juszczyk to make it second and 20. Incomplete to Charlie Warner to make it third and 20. And they throw a screen pass to Debo Samuel that instead of turning into a punt where the Bears can go down and, and make it a two-score game. It turns into an 83-yard pickup. That was the single point when you point to something in a game where it's like, oh, hey, the, the game flipped here. That was it. Yeah. And Debo's it, it turning was, into a star. And like... Unbelievable. The best teams have stars who make plays. And that's right? that's something... And that's something that I don't think... It, it's one of the big criticisms I've had for Kyle Shanahan for, for a couple years now is it feels like when a team is, is doubling George Kittle, his, the way his, his mind works is, well, that creates a weakness elsewhere. So we're going to attack that weakness instead of saying George Kittle's our best player. We're going to get him the ball. He says, well, they're leaving Muhammad Sanu in single coverage over here. So we're going to throw it to Muhammad Sanu. Travis Benjamin had a nice week of practice. So let's go to him on a key third down here. Right. <laughs> and the third and 20, it wasn't just a handoff to Elijah Mitchell and say, all right, get some yards and we'll punt. It was, we're going to put the ball in the hands of our best player and we're going to see if he can make a play. And yeah. that's something that I don't think Kyle Shanahan has done a lot of. And it was good to see in that spot. And it was good to see it work in that spot. Yeah. They, they executed that play really well. It, I will push back a little bit because if that play goes for like six yards and it's like, all right, third and 20, not super aggressive. You run a bubble screen. It's pretty safe, but But it works, you know, like it's not even sure, but they, they threw a bubble screen to to a guy that could make a play. It wasn't just like, Oh, Hey, let's throw a slant to Muhammad Zanu or Trent Sherfield. Right. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So it wasn't so much. It wasn't, it wasn't the result. It was the process. Yeah. I got I'm you. a big process over results guy. I got you. Yeah, another 100-yard game for Debo, another 100-yard game for Elijah Mitchell, uh, a 300-yard mm. performance for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, yeah, just really, really encouraging, particularly now that they were actually were able to play a good offensive game without George Kittle. Yeah. Because it was getting to a point there where it was like, man, do they have to have George Kittle to do anything offensively? Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's not like George Kittle doesn't catch touchdowns, but he – I mean, he does, but not a ton of them. But like, you know, like the the numbers throughout. I haven't I haven't done the dive this year, and in terms of like the rushing totals, uh, with and without Kittle. But like the last few years, their running game has been not nearly as effective with Kittle on yeah. the sideline, right? 
And mm-hmm. so to be able to have a game now, and that speaks to Charlie Warner as a blocker. Like he's a, he's a nice run blocker. He hasn't mm-hmm. provided much in the passing game, but he's, he's getting a lot of these reps now over Ross Dwelly because he's a superior blocker mm-hmm. and you're starting to see that. So yep, very, that- I, very encouraging. Um, but now they have to sustain it because otherwise if they come back and just lose at home again, they haven't won at home for, it's going to be over 12 months. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Really, really wild. And yeah, they, they had the week six Arizona against the Rams last year. Week six. Yeah. Mid, mid October last Oof. year that I think was Sunday night. No, Sunday night or Monday night. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, night. Sunday night, I think. Yeah. They got the Rams in Monday night in two weeks. That'll be fun. Man. It should be a good one. Yeah. Might be in the building for that one. I haven't decided yet. I'm going to figure my life out. Anyways, 49ers football is finally back, everybody. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. You probably want to get out to the next home game. It's Arizona week nine and then Monday night football against the Los Angeles Rams week 10. There's a real chance Trey Lance starts one of those games. And maybe you want to be at his first home start. Well, hey, TickPick has got you covered. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. They're the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. See, what TickPick did is they got rid of all those like those crappy service fees that other ticket sites charge where you find a really cheap ticket, but then you go to check out, and it, the service fees are more than your actual ticket. That happens to me all the time, but it doesn't happen at TickPick. I had a couple of buddies who went out and braved the the rain and the wind in Santa Clara on Sunday night. And they went to TickPick and they said, Hey dude, shout out to you. Found some really cheap tickets and didn't have to pay all the fees. I was like, you're very welcome. And uh, that's what TickPick does. It allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, or if you don't believe my story about my buddies, you can find, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. So again, The 49ers are back home week nine and week 10 back-to-back home games, Cardinals Rams, that Rams Monday night football game. I don't care what the Niners record is Monday night football, divisional game, Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. You're going to want to be in the building for that one. It's going to be a ton of fun and you should get your tickets at TickPick. So visit TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash candlestick to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's get into the pick six from this week. So pick six every Thursday, the Friday pod or the pod that comes out Friday, Chris and I each pick three players that we think are going to have a good game for the 49ers. And then we recap it to see who won that week. Let's start at the top. Your pick you picked first. Your first pick was Nick Bosa and two more sacks, technically two more sacks. We'll see if that holds up, but I thought, today was one of those games where Bosa 
affected the game in the box score, but also outside of it. Like there were a lot of plays where maybe he didn't come up with a stat, but was impacting the game. Yeah. I mean, two quarterback hits, three tackles for loss on top of his two sacks and, and had more plays on top of that. He was a monster. Yeah. He's just, he, he is the focal point of every protection scheme. The 49ers are going to go against. Yes. Right. They're like Eric Armstead's a nice player. Um, Javon Kinlaw's out. You obviously don't have DeForest Buckner. D Ford was out today. So, like, clearly the best guy in that defensive line is Nick Bosa. And he's the type of player who's good enough to overcome that. He can be the center point of an opponent's game plan and still have, still have a game like this with three tackles for loss and two sacks. Like, he got he's held. Really, really good. He got, held, he got held on held, his yeah. first sack. Yeah. The Bears brought in a second offensive lineman as a tight end. He beat that additional offensive lineman, got held, and still took downfields for a sack. Yeah. Just one of those plays that it's like there's there's three guys in the NFL to make that play, as I belabor that um, style of point making. He also had a um he also had a tackle for loss on a on a stretch on a stretch run to the right yeah. where he was being held. It didn't get flagged, but he was being held and, and still got to to Herbert. So he just doesn't make many he's mistakes. Unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Like it, he'll read a play and then he'll gain leverage on a lineman's shoulder based on where the play is going. And it's like, all right, well, you're not running to that gap because Nick Bosa just plugged it. And when he does that, that creates time for somebody else to come make a play. Yeah. All right. He's just really, really smart. I mean, I, I haven't done, I haven't done the film study on all the defensive ends in the league, but I would say in terms of like being balanced in the way they defend the run in the past, like really good against both Nick, Nick Bosa might be the best two way defensive end in the league. And if he's not the best guy, he's got to be one of them. Yeah. Like he would... might not be the best pure pass rusher or whatever. He's still a great pass rusher, mm -hmm. but in terms of his ability to defend the run and be a pass rusher like that, I think that's right. pretty unique. Right. It's kind of like George Kittle. Like maybe he's not the best pass catcher among right. tight ends, but what he does all around. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would buy that. Uh, my first pick was Debo Samuel and six catches, 171 yards. He already has a career high in receiving yards through six and a half games. He had 802 as a rookie in 15 games, and I think he's up to 819 now for this season. More yards through seven games than any 49er in history, including Man. Jerry Rice in 1986, who had 800 and something. Man, I could pull it up. I'm not going to, but it's no, the point, the point, yeah, the point's a valid one. And it's just, I mean, we saw it today, the 83 yard screen and then the 50 yard bomb down the middle of the field. He's, he's winning in every single area of the field right now. And I, I, I don't know how you stop it. Like, I, I just, I don't know how, if he's going to, if he's going to make plays down the field and then he's going to get to run behind well-executed blocks. Like he's just, this is the weapon the 49ers thought they were getting when they drafted him in the second round. Yeah. And he missed practice this week. He missed Wednesday's practice with a calf injury. Um, so the fact that he's at a point now physically where he can be a little bit dinged up, miss practice, but still come out and play well. I mm -hmm. think that speaks to, you know, just the, the type of shape he's in now, because I don't yeah. think, I mean, obviously last year he couldn't really play hurt because he was hurt and he was never really able to get into shape. He, he's at a point now in his physical conditioning where he can be a little bit dinged up and then still get his body right enough to, to be really productive. So that's, that's pretty telling. Yeah. Good for him. Good. Um, another great game. I feel like he's just going to be a top two pick just every week. Like until he's not. Um, your second pick, the third pick overall was Jimmy Ward. Ward had five tackles and actually I thought prior to his injury, he was like all over the place. Yeah. He he's was, he was around the football a lot. Yeah. He's a good player. Um, I don't really have a whole, like Justin Fields played really well today. I thought, mm -hmm. but also like, is the bears offense such a dumpster fire that you, you sort of like you give the 49ers credit for, sort of limiting them in the second half or could they have played better given everything you saw on third down like 
it would the 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 lack of defensive pass interference calls were that was obviously really important but like i Mm -hmm. i'm a little concerned about the 49ers defense because i thought they would have played better particularly in the first half um but it was it was a little bit different given matt Nagy wasn't out there calling plays right i just like big picture the niners defense it was it, it was hard to have like make any concrete assessments based off this game in my opinion but no i thought jimmy ward did play well and replacing him is going to be difficult because I think he covers up for a lot of people's mistakes. And I think people look at interception totals and takeaway totals and use that against him. And and certainly that's, that's fair. Like if he, if you're a safety and you're not creating turnovers and that's, you know, that's part of your job, but also like, he's not a guy who gets targeted a bunch, which yeah. generally means like he's doing his job. It's not like teams are just throwing deep on Jimmy Ward all the time. Right. Right. Like that, that doesn't happen all that often. So he's a, he's a good player. I think there's a reason why he's been around and why, why he's been around for so long and why Kyle Shanahan likes him so much. And we might figure out exactly how valuable he is now, now that he's not going to be playing. It it looks like for the, at least next week and maybe the week after we'll see. Um, Just to your point on the 49ers defense, I think they got a different version of the bears offense than they were expecting. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields ran it 10 times. That's the most he's he's run as a starting quarterback. He ran it 10 times against Cincinnati in week two when he had to come in partway through that game because Andy Dalton got hurt. He ran it 10 times for 31 yards. Uh, but other than that, it's eight, six, three, three and three for his rush attempts. And I think that he just did a lot more running today than the 49ers probably game plan for, which yeah. I think you could point to the coaching staff a little bit, not being ready for that. Uh, given his athleticism, but um, I, I just I, I'm with you though overall. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton we can kind of glean from this one. Big picture, number four pick. My second pick was Elijah Mitchell, 18 carries, 137 yards, and a touchdown. I don't. He's really good. He's good. He's a really good player. He's really good. Um, I tweeted this during the game. Like, why can't Elijah Mitchell play on third down? Like, is he that bad at pass blocking or like pass catching as pass catching? Like, can he, I mean, the, the, the issue I have is like third and short, like Jamichael Hasty's in the game, you know, like Trey I, Sermon I just can't get a touch. And that's my thing is like, if you don't want to play Elijah Mitchell on third down because you're worrying about overworking him, then like, that's kind of why you have Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you, you, they need to be able to get on the field because there are going to be situations where you'd love to have Elijah Mitchell in on third down because he's clearly one of your best offensive players right now. Right. So for whatever reason, Elijah Mitchell is just not on the field at third down. It's to Michael Hasey. And I get Hasey might be a better pass catcher and whatever. And he did have a nice play on the last, uh, I think the second to last drive over the middle. Um, He put a really good move. He was being covered by like a defensive end for some reason. But um, he put a really nice move on the guy and and had what twenty something yard play over the middle to get into to get down to the five yard line or so. But I don't see I, I I feel like they're underutilizing Elijah Mitchell sometimes. And I think if you're worried about his reps, like that's why you have Trey Sermon, and you should be able to get Trey Sermon on the field. So this season, the running back by committee is dead in San Francisco. By the way, way dead. Elijah Mitchell this season, this is among running backs, 81 carries. Trey Sermon has 31, but one in the last three weeks. How many did he have in the Seahawks game? 19. Yeah. And I think 10 against the Packers. Right. Yeah, and then one against Philly and and one against Arizona. So 31 carries, one in the last three weeks. Jamichael Hasty has 12 carries this year. Five of them came in week two when the Niners had all their injuries at running back. Yeah. Like this is Elijah Mitchell's backfield. He's <laughs> leading the team in carries by 50 and he missed two games. That's right. Bananas. Remember, this remember is- the days when, when you would get asked like, which 49er should I start in fantasy? Which 49ers running back? You know, now and you're like, uh, Tevin Coleman. I don't know. Matt Breida. <laughs> like when they would just mix and match and then it would be like a random guy going for 80 yards on, you know, 11 carries or whatever. Like, right. Those days are over. It is Elijah Mitchell. Yep, he's the guy. Yeah, unless Raheem Mostert makes a miracle knee recovery or recovery from knee surgery, but yeah, I don't think I, that's happening. 
I don't, yeah, I don't think it's out. A number five pick, Mohamed Sanu. This is your pick. This is your last one. Mohamed Sanu. Three catches for 59 yards. Had a drop on a third down. He did, honestly, like, if that's what you're getting from your third receiver, you'll take it. That just can't be your second receiver. I needed him to throw a touchdown, though. That was the whole premise of my of my pick. It was, like, struggling quarterback, need a spark, need a big play, like, throw get Mohamed Sanu to to throw one of his touchdown <laughs> passes High, highest rated quarterback or highest rated passer in NFL history. Yeah. 158.3 doesn't get more perfect than that. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if we, they that's in the playbook. I promise you, I would bet yeah. a lot of money. That's in the playbook. I feel very I wonder comfortable if, saying it's in the playbook. I wonder if we see it maybe like on a Monday night game against the Rams, for example. Yeah. Or if they need a big play against Arizona next week. Yeah, like Garoppolo later just, on in like week week 17 against the Rams, like when Shanahan yeah. really gets in his bag, like he did in 2019 yeah. late in the year. Yeah. Just waiting. It's happening this year. Over was, under half a half a pass attempt for Mohamed Zanu. I'm taking the over. Way over. I thought <laughs> I thought Kyle Shanahan would play call a little bit more desperate today, but he did not. He did not I, succumb to the the media pressure to to act out a little bit early in the season. But I think I think they might have had early in the game. They had three field goals in the first half and missed another one. Yeah. They were moving the ball. Yeah. Like it was it wasn't like damn, they need to, they need a little spark. I mean, I bet so if that Debo Samuel screen doesn't go for 83 yards, it goes for 8 yards and they punt. I bet we see something a little more creative on the next drive, but I just thought, I just thought their offense is working well enough today that it wasn't really necessary to, to pull that out. Yeah. Pulled out just enough to win. Yeah. Uh, final pick number six, my third one, Contavia street. He had two tackles. I was anticipating a sack. DJ Jones had the game. I thought Contavia street would have mm-hmm. DJ Should've Jones spent, spent a lot of time. Yes, sir. <laughs> DJ Jones spent a lot of time in the Bears' backfield. Yeah. But Contavia Street just had a game. Bears' offensive line, not great. Not very good, it turns out. Not very good. I'm yeah. I'm giving myself a win this week. Yeah, you had Mitchell and Debo. That's That should be enough. Yeah, I, I accounted for 308 yards of offense and a touchdown. And what should have been a rushing touchdown if Garoppolo hadn't. Right. I didn't swipe that first one. Yeah. They're you know 406... not, you know... Go ahead. Oh, they're you know 467 in... yards of offense for the most. <laughs> we're the most this season. So it's a good thing we started doing this on Zoom so we could communicate better and not have that happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. We can see each other and give each other facial cues and stuff. <laughs> um, You know, who's not on this is Joey Sly. No, Joey Sly missed an extra point and a field goal. Mixed an extra point last week against the Colts. Tough go. Robbie, the Gold Niners is, need to. Well, Robbie Gold's probably going to come back this week. You hope so. <laughs> if Joey Sly is their kicker going into weeks nine and 10, the 49ers are doing something wrong. And if they are, if he is, then they need to move their extra points back to like 48 yards. Need money from 50 and out. Do you have to kick kick the extra point from that distance? Yeah, I think to get back, you would need to do a bunch of false starts okay. and delay games and stuff. Right. Would Belichick Purposely, do that? You think? Thousand percent. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like, hey, you hold the guy off the edge every time. Just grab a hold of him and make sure the ref sees you. Okay. Yeah. And then move it on back. That's fair. So shout uh, out to and uh, also, Mitch Wishnowski. Can we talk about Mitch Wishnowski? Okay. That's exactly where I was going. All right, great. Um, his wife gave birth on Saturday, their first child, a baby girl. And uh Wishnowski showed up in Chicago at 7 a.m. this morning, and the Niners didn't punt. <laughs> and so Kyle Shanahan was <laughs> was giving Wishnowski shit because like it brought him all the way back here and he went through all that and they didn't even have to punt. But he did he was a holder on on all the field goal attempts and extra points. Did a great um, job. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was that was funny. And and Maddie Wisnowski 
uh, with Mitch Wisnowski's wife was given a game ball Shout by out. Kyle Shanahan. Apparently, yeah, Mitch was Kyle Shanahan said Mitch Wisnowski was like throwing up and like struggling way more than his wife was, who was actually giving birth. That's incredible. <laughs> Women are superheroes, man. Shout out to them. Absolutely, it's not even a question. They create humans inside them. Think about that. Just, just generating people. Yeah, it's bananas. While we just sit here and talk about football. I'm just a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a fat piece of shit out here. <laughs> Shout out to the homie Rob. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't have a lot else to say about this one and kind of the immediate aftermath. It was a pretty thorough win for the 49ers when they needed it. And now, like you said, now it's um what do they do moving forward? Because yeah. a win over the Bears in week eight is nice if you can build on it. Right. But you're not going to hang your hat on this one. Ultimately, big picture, like the point of this season for the 49ers is to one, make the playoffs or contend for a Super Bowl, first and foremost, two, develop Trey Lance. So if you're not doing either of those things, which the 49ers weren't doing before today, then it's a waste of, it's a waste of a season. Right. But if you are able yes. to build on this and you're able to win with Jimmy Garoppolo, then that's going to mask whatever need you have to to develop Trey Lance because it's like, all right, they're winning games. Like, tra- the Trey Lance stuff can wait. But if they're losing and Trey Lance isn't getting any run, then it's like, all right, what are we doing? Well, and I think this game today was kind of an embodiment of why they're starting Garoppolo because he's yeah. capable of this. But again, it goes back to what we said at the beginning. The issue is... We knew he was capable of this game. Can he do it two, three, four, five games in a row and start stringing wins together? That'll be the million dollar question. Because ultimately, that's how you win in the NFL. Like the Niners roster is not their defense isn't as good as 2019. Like they need Jimmy Garoppolo to be better because that's that's their formula for winning games. And they got that today against a bad Bears team, but they need to do it against better teams, which means Jimmy Garoppolo needs to have these type of games against good teams. Yep. That's All right, goal. let's get out of here. Yep. He's Chris. I'm Kyle. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. Tell all your friends. We'll be back Wednesday with the midweek pod, and then we'll uh, we'll have our 49ers Cardinals preview coming out on Friday. Thanks everybody for listening. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.